Hello, everyone. My name is Oksana. It's Road to Edoverse, Weekly Edoverse Insider Force. We deliver the news about the creation of our project Edoverse. So, please, uh, first, may I ask Tokugawa-san to speak about the project? Okay. Thank you, Oksana. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Hiro Tokugawa speaking here. Um, so, uh, now, I, I, I uh, delivered about uh, my understanding of what created Tokugawa Japan, what was the precondition for Tokugawa Japan. The uh, old uh, blood-based political order had collapsed, especially with the rise of Toyotomi Hideyoshi. And then uh, we had a big war with the uh, Chinese on Korean soil. And uh, like more than 100,000 Japanese men fought there valiantly and quite effectively. So Japanese suddenly found themselves as a major military power in East Asia. Until then, we were not really on the uh, geopolitical map. You see, it was only the Mongols and the Chinese, naturally, that counted. But now Japan had become a factor, and the Japanese knew that. So, uh, so Tokugawa Ies had two problems to solve, uh, to create a new political order. And then trade with China was uh, the most important thing for the Japanese elite. We imported everything from China since the birth of this nation in uh, circa 700 AD. Uh, silk, uh, sugar, uh, porcelain, uh, and even cotton, and also ginseng, uh, Korean carrots, uh, so famous for uh, what, what Chinese, me- the, the, the most effective Chinese medicine. Uh, you drink a ginseng tablet, you can feel that your blood flow improving, even now, even me. So uh, imagine this back then when there was no, nothing else to take care of your health. So uh, now all of these things, uh, the merchandise, the import had seized as a result of Hideyoshi's expedition. Uh, so the uh, Tokugawa solution was, well, with respect to trade, uh, well, we did diplomacy. He did, Ieyasu did diplomacy. Uh, the uh, diplomatic relations with Co- the Korean kingdom resumed in 1609. So when the, uh, the Toyotomi was completely destroyed in 1615, uh, there was a messenger from the Korean kingdom celebrating the event in Osaka. And then, uh, so that's one. And so, and then trade with China, uh, did not recover until the uh, Ming collapse and the uh, Manchus took over. But in the meantime, most of the trade took place through Korea. And then, uh, another daimyo clan, uh, the Shimazu, uh, they were given the permission to conquer, uh, Okinawa. And, uh, through Okinawa, there's also trade. So the trade problem was resolved. And, uh, with respect to political order, uh, so the shogun signed a contract with the imperial regent. You see, uh, you look at Japanese history and then there are only like three or four events. Uh, that led to the fall, to the uh, disintegration of political order. And they were mostly caused by what you would call, uh, internal elite fighting. You see, uh, right now they're showing, uh, the Kamakura Shogunate, uh, on NHK as a history drama. And this, uh, this was well crafted, but it fell apart as a result of the, uh, well, an imperial imperial family feud so who would become the next emperor and that led to a civil war so uh after 1615 uh with the signature of the imperial regent according to that document uh the emperor 
would be with the emperor imperial line inheritance uh, will be following a certain rule and the imperial regents would be appointed by the shogun so that's that and then uh there's order among the uh all the samurai and also uh, the uh, shogun signed contracts, independent contracts with all the major Buddhist temples. So uh, you see, this is a all, all put together. This was a written constitution. Uh, people like to think of Magna Carta as the beginning of uh, such political arrangements. But actually, the Magna Carta uh, in Britain uh, fell apart. Uh, the agreement fell apart very quickly. Uh, in the case of uh, the Tokugawa system, it lasted for uh, 250 years. So this is the first effective uh, system of written constitution. And then, uh, and here it gets interesting. And then the uh, solution for all the other problems was to make Edo the de facto capital. And uh, this was very important for Ieyasu because, uh, well, and you can see that today. Uh, there's Nihonbashi at the center of the city near Mitsukoshi or Takashimaya. And there's Nihonbashi station. Uh, the bridge looks now very Western, but, uh, in fact, it was uh, built first in 1615. And why I can tell that Ieyasu thought of this as a very important project is because he dug a moat. Okay. There was no need for a bridge there, but he dug a moat first to connect the uh, Bay of Edo to uh, the uh, moats of Edo Castle, and then put a bridge across that. So he, he, he built a bridge that wasn't necessary to begin with, and then named it Nihonbashi and announced that this will be the center of all the highways of Japan, the five main roads. But And then what's interesting is that of those five, uh, one led to Nikko and then another to uh, northeastern Japan both of which were very sparsely populated. And also the uh, Kanto Plains, uh, of which Edo was is the center, uh, uh, this was also very sparsely populated. In fact, uh, we were almost frontier land uh, and not so many people. So uh, people would like to move west, but nothing on the east. And uh, this part of Japan was, uh, well, had nothing of note. So why, why try to make this into a population center? Because that was... The only way he could, he or all his advisors could think of back then, to prevent another war. You see, you bring people into new land as pioneers, then they would be cut off from the uh, traditional class structure. You can induce new thinking. I think I mentioned this at the very first uh, Edoverse Insider meeting, uh, that this is, so the Kanto Plains function like the, uh, well, the uh, United States of America, the new world. And also, uh, it was very important to move the population center as far away as possible from China and Korea. So to try to erase the memory of the uh, Korean War uh, done by Hideyoshi, Toyotomi Hideyoshi. So, uh, so, so the, so the culture of Edo was constructed very consciously to differ from that of Osaka and Kyoto, of all of traditional Japan. And, uh, but interestingly, most Japanese are not aware of this. We all know that Osaka and Tokyo are different. Osaka people still try to compete with Tokyo, Tokyo, but uh, Tokyo people don't pay attention to that, you know. Uh, but actually, the thinking is quite different, uh, as I mentioned earlier. So it's like the uh, Jews and uh, Arabs, Palestine Arabs, both calling themselves Israelis and not understanding why the other side is so different from their, them. Uh, but the answer is here. So it was a conscious and artificial project that started about 400 years ago. Um, 
now, uh, and then, you see, um, back then, engineering was still very rudimentary, naturally, all over the world. It was like that. This is before the Industrial Revolution. But uh, there are signs that E.S. also not only wanted to make this the center, but he wanted to make a very big city. Uh, Minamoto no Yoritomo, who uh, created his samurai government in Kamakura, was a political innovator, but he never thought that size mattered. The Kamakura remained small ever since, 30,000 all the way up to today. Uh, and meanwhile, Kyoto has always had more than 100,000. Uh, in Edo times, in Tokugawa times, I think it was 200,000. So Kyoto remained the largest city and Hakata uh, the second until this, until Tokugawa Ies came along. And then uh, he wanted to make this a big city. You can tell that from the fact that he had to draw clean water all the way okay, to the center of Edo. So that is Tamagawa, Josui, and so on. So the waterworks showed, and all the uh, civil engineering showed. And so within 100 years, it became a, po- a city of 1 million. And uh, also, uh, yes, and in order to avoid any trouble, uh, there is constant curfew. There's no nightlife in Edo City. Okay. And then since it's constant construction work, uh, there's always an excess of men. Okay. And back then there was no retirement when you could not work. You simply die. Okay. Uh, so they're always young and productive. Uh, it's full of those guys. So what happened is that, uh, well, the, uh, Shogun's government created a officially sanctioned uh, red light district, and that is Yoshiwara today. Uh, it was much closer to the center at the beginning, but uh, thereafter it moved to where presently is near Asakusa. And uh, yes, and actually it was expanded and also uh, giving government subsidies. And this was uh, their way of social control to prevent uh, hungry men, hungry in many ways, uh, causing so- causing social strife. Uh, and also, uh, yes, and now, and then the shogun's government, the Tokugawa government is often referred to as introducing, uh, Sung Confucianism as its guiding ideology. But, uh, this is probably mistaken. They did not introduce Confucianism as an ideology because most of the Confucian customs never came into Japan. You see, we're the only country in East Asia uh, with like big baths, big communal baths where everyone gets naked and jumps into the hot water together. You never see, you, re- you don't see this in China or uh, Korea or in Vietnam. Okay. And also in un- up and un- right until the Meiji Restoration. So in Tokugawa times, many of these communal baths were uh, unisexual. You know, men were and women were bathing together. So, so the l- guiding uh, philosophy, the ideology was actually Buddhist. So most of Tokugawa domestic policy could be traced back to uh, the teachings of Buddha rather than to Confucius. And then the, what was this Confucianism all about was that to educate the samurai in Chinese thinking so that we can communicate with China better, which was, and China was a much more advanced civilization back then. So this was a way of civilizing us. So in a way it was trying to change, well, at least the city of Edo, if not all of Japan, into a more city-sized civilization. And that is the essence of uh, Tokugawa Japan, and especially the city of Edo. Uh, so there is good reason why we call Tokugawa Japan in Japanese as the Edo era. The city was at the heart of the new nation building. And also, 
this this I think could be uh, one solution to a, a solution to our many of our problems today, because you think of let's say the, one of the greatest threats today. Well, say there's global warming, but closely related to that is the issue of refugees. Okay, there may be a new uh, flood of refugees uh, starting right now, but it's been going on for quite a while. Africa to Europe, uh, Arab and Central Asia to Europe, uh, Latin America to North America or into the United States. And then you look at all the countries uh, where these refugees come from. Uh, the major, the one thing they have in common is that total failure of domestic government. And to put it um, in more practical terms, be more how should I say detailed terms? It's actually, they don't have one functioning city. And this is what people like, want in today's world. They want city life. And the good thing about big cities is that it is easy for people with limited education to find living level income or living sustaining income, should I put it? So uh, you can be tipped enough to uh, get enough food and pay rent in a major city. Look at New York. Look at Los Angeles and especially in Tokyo. Uh, so um, that and you see this if you if you keep if you cannot do so much um, so much about the class structure that exists today in a hurry, then at least you try to reduce the pain of it, and that is probably to squeeze people as much as possible into an urban structure. So this is the uh, Edo is probably an early model of that. Uh, land-owning people uh, were encouraged to uh, make apartments, but not not you see just on the flat. Okay, so on on the major roads there are the bourgeois, the choning, but in behind there were many tenements, flat tenements, tiny places, and the landlords uh, both they policed their tenants. And also, uh, intervened in their lives so that they don't become destitute. And there's a saying that, uh, the landlord is like a parent to the tenant. So there was a very rudimentary, rudimentary, uh, welfare there. And, uh, not much. It is within the means of the bourgeois who is rich to begin with. So this is, there's some minimal redistribution to maintain the social peace. So if this can be done functioning, uh, metropolis could be created in the Arab world, for instance, or in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, then much of the problems that the developed countries face today will be, uh, well, will be put under control. Okay, so I think that's enough for today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tokugawa-san. It was very interesting, very exciting to know about all this and about uh, this uh, theory of uh, new peace and what can solve all the problems that we face right now. So then uh, may I ask uh, uh, Mr. Gan, CTO of the project, to speak next? Thanks, Oksana. Hello, everyone. Uh, currently, I continue to discuss with our uh, you know, potential partner, including exchange, including uh, institutional investors, and then they must be interested in our project. I'm really happy to hear that. And uh, uh, today I'd like to update the current status of a uh, new token, which is traded by exchange. Uh, of course, as uh, TS mentioned, we now try to uh, construct a whole tokenize. 
which includes you know issuing new ty- two types of token. One is uh, Koban uh, Edozeni, and the other one is Koban. And then we'd like to combine all of the ecosystem into these, you know, two types of token. So definitely, like, for example, when I talk to investors, they, inter- they are interested in how much is the market cap supposed to be, and then how we try to maximize the to- token ecosystem. So at the very current stage, we cannot define the proper amount of valuation. So we just say, like, uh, our concept is like this, uh, which is supervised by Mr. Tokugawa. And then our major partner is a so-called Sequin, which is one of the huge and famous uh, VR studio in the U.S. They are try they are trying to create new ecosystem and the other city as well. So uh, what we take care of is uh, we, we we don't like to define the you know we don't like to uh, decide how much is the market cap or you know how much is the proper amount because at the current stage we have a lot of potentials. And in the future, so we, we cannot say like this supposed to be like 10 million or something like that. Maybe 10 million is too slow, too, too small, I guess. So we try to maximize it. And then to consider that, uh, anyway, we, all we need is definitely, uh, maximize the ecosystem before listing. So basically all of the investors always taking care of how much this token is going to be like 10 million, 20 million. No, no, no. But basically, those ecosystem is based on the ecosystem. Uh, those market cap is based on the ecosystem. So, how much NFT is trading, traded by a lot of users and investors, and then what types of NFT is issued by this place, and then what types of concept is going to be realized in at this other city, something like that. So, before we negotiate with the exchange, like uh, how much is the market cap, IEO, blah blah blah. We definitely try to define the first function of this other city and then what we can do in this place. So, for example, we can say uh, many types of business operator can come into other city and then they can open the kind of shop. Like, I don't know, maybe, uh, for example, they can sell some PAL or they can sell some gems. They can sell some real estate, something like that in other city, which is traded by NFT. And then to get this NFT, we have to buy uh, Edozeni and Koban. So this ecosystem is definitely based on the real real uh, trading by users and investors. So our main concept is, um, you know, Edo, Edo era and Edo, Edo city. And definitely this is super cutting edge concept. So now we are trying to maximize the ecosystem itself before calculating the market cap. After we create the new ecosystem, then we can calculate the proper amount of uh, valuation and market caps and so on. So I think maybe next week or two weeks later, we can show uh, some examples of tokenize. And then uh, we, we wouldn't say maybe uh, the market cap is blah, blah, something like that. But we would say like uh, our potential exchange supposed to be like blah, blah, blah. Like at the first stage, we target on the middle one, and then the later stage, we target on the biggest one, something like that. And then we still have some partners, so uh, I'm looking forward to showing our next phase to all of the uh, parties. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Ken. And uh, the next, uh, Dominique, please I may I give you a word to speak about the project overall. Thank you, Xan. 
Yeah, thanks for the, um, the game's effort. The, the actors, what he mentioned today was actually, it's, um, it's really amazing things. You know, um, it's just broadly that I mean, he's talking about a whole ecosystem and it's going to be, it's going to be really big. Um, and also, uh, today, if you just think about Mr. Tokugawa's suggestive story today, um, we can dream a lot. Uh, about about this this Edelbars because Edelbars the people you may think uh it's it's just like a Edo city landscape it's just you know it's an old uh city uh scene that you can see but actually not yeah if you if you think if you think of Mr. Tokugawa's uh very very suggestive story about Nihonbashis and also uh, uh how how, why, uh, Mr. Uh, the Shogun Tokugawa Ieyasu just introduced the idea of uh, Edo cities just in creating and, um, uh, creating a city. Um, uh, this is just to, uh, he, he, he wanted to try to stop the way of thinking about battle. Um, because the, those, uh, in the period that people really love battle, not a peace, but, you know, and the Ieyasu Tokugawa wanted a peace. So, um, and then the, he, uh, really just creates and the city, uh, construct the cities. That is actually in the entirety just concept of, uh, Edelbus. And then we can think about the concept of Edelbus a lot from now, because at the first, probably the Edelbus should be really, should have a really only just, you know, several core architectures. Means that, you know, uh, that, as Mr. Toga mentioned, like Nihonbashis. And also where Mr. Toga lives is just, just the Edo Castle. And those very small numbers of uh, architectures just, just build it. And then we have some, some activity just inside that, uh, the, the very limited small areas fast. But the uh, Edo is expanding. It's just creating uh, to the, to the big city. Um, this is, this is the entire, uh, the exciting things for the, for this Edelbus concept because this is the game concept. We just reclamate, we reclamate the, the property, lands, and also, and, uh, and then build the uh, architectures and then do something just that's in, in the, in the place. And then we can trade a lot. So this ecosystem just expanding um, just in accordance with the uh, with the expansion of a uh, expansion of the Edo city, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be really amazing. This is our dream. Just now we're really thinking, and then people can really enjoy, and um, and also yeah, and uh, and and of course it takes time. It's probably I think that we're gonna see the real uh, this game uh, uh, architecture. Probably, I think, end of these years, and then we see that, and that we can just play with that probably in the next year. But I'm really looking forward, and and also on the technological side, and the TTS uh, is is actually expanding his activities. Actually, he's just you know, still that the focusing on the DeFi projects, and then and this Edelverse is the ecosystem going to be actually really uh, great. Uh, the DeFi ecosystem in futures, and I'm really happy to see this. So, um, and, and then to, to achieve those things that what we have to do, because, um, only just last week we did, um, we did do 
actually not much to do uh, the last week, but except that again, just you know, talking to the partners and uh, um, um, to find a partners. But uh, last week, um, what we have to do that you know we had to just find the most sort of talented people to just join this project, and I'm looking forward to just uh, the raising the hands to just coming into this project, and then. Uh, I hope that we can make a, we can make a really great uh, game based play to arm um, Edubus. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dominique. It's very exciting, and uh, thank you everyone for speaking today. And we will meet uh, next week uh, for new updates. So see you. Goodbye.